Hey folks, welcome to episode one of my podcast. For my first few conversations, I'm going to be looking at stories from a social distance. We'll explore how interesting people are adapting to COVID-19 right here in Grand Prairie, Alberta. For this episode, I'm talking to my friend Jamie, who is the executive director of the United Way Alberta Northwest. We'll look at the community response fund she is spearheading. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey folks, Dylan Bressy here, and I'm with my friend, Jamie, Jamie Craig, who recently got married. So, Jamie, is it Jamie Craig or Jamie Hubert these days? It's Jamie Hubert. Um, I'm in that awkward stage of <laughs> transitioning between Craig and Hubert uh, with my personal and my work life. So, for now, you can address me as whomever you want, but that's me. I'm both. You're both, oh, and you're trying to change it right in the middle of this whole COVID-19 social distancing thing. That can't make that any more fun or painless to do. Oh, it's crazy. So my birthday was two days ago on March 23rd. It also happened to be the year my license expired. So my plan was to go into the license center with my marriage certificate and change my name over to Hubert. But now I can't do that. So I guess I'm still Craig. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a weird, it's just a weird scenario. So... Legally, I guess I'm still Jamie Craig. Well, Jamie Craig, Jamie Hubert, whoever you are, I'm excited to get to introduce you to some of my friends and people that I haven't even met yet who are listening to this podcast right now. And as we get to know you, I'm just curious, how did you end up living in GP? Um, I was actually born and raised here. So I went to two schools, uh, Kateri Mission, which I think now is St. Kateri and uh, St. Joe's. Really spent probably 90% of my life here in Grand Prairie. I did do a little stint when I was younger in, in Onaway and in Edmonton, a little bit up in Hinton as well. But other than that, I've been here for almost 35 years. Okay, so almost 35 years and you've had opportunities to go elsewhere, I'm sure. So what's what makes GP home? Why is this the place that you're putting down your roots? These are just where my roots were already planted. Um, my grandparents came after the war and um, over to Height, and they had raised their family there, my mom and my uncles and my aunts, and everyone just kind of stayed here and raised their children. I have pretty extensive family here in the area, so I don't really feel the need to leave. You know, I just, I was raised here. I I love this town. I now have four kids of my own, and I can't imagine raising them anywhere else. Well, that's awesome to hear. I'm the same way. I'm a guy that moved here later in life, but I had my kids here. They were born in Grand Prairie, and I can't picture leaving myself. And now we are taking leaving to a whole new extreme. We're in the end of March, if, and that means that we're right in the middle of this whole social distancing thing. So never mind leaving Grand Prairie. We can't even leave our houses right now. I'm curious, what's something that you and your family are doing to stay sane during this whole social distancing thing? We're kind of big settlers of Catan dorks in this house. I don't know if you're like familiar with the board game. Oh, I love so, settlers. Are you guys like just base game or seafarers? I or? I personally play seafarers and cities and nights and the base game and then like all the different scenarios. So I play online and then I've kind of just like added some people along the way. So playing some online games with my friends. My husband, a little bit more into, he just downloaded the MLB 2020 game for PlayStation. I don't know. I don't play video games, but uh, that's getting him through. So um, you guys are just looking for ways to have fun while you're stuck at home together. Yeah. And, you know, we're really trying to do the whole homeschooling thing. And 
it's proven to be a little more difficult because I am still working during the day and my phone and my emails, it just never stops. And my husband is out working. He works, you know, in the oil field sector as well. So um, he's still out working. That job kind of just never stops no matter what. So, you know, we're working hard on it. We're trying to figure it out day by day. Yeah, I think a lot. Well, all of us are in the same boat to some degree, and it definitely is interesting for those of us that are still working while we're doing this homeschooling thing. But we're gonna get through it eventually. So, what is the thing, the thing you are most excited to do when this whole social distancing ends in a couple months or a couple weeks or however long it is? I, I honestly, I, I'm so excited to go swimming. I love swimming. Like our family goes to the pool probably once a week. Um, it's it's just our thing. Oh, and movies. We always go to movies. And I mean, I go for the popcorn. The kids go for the film itself. But I just, I'm never, ever, ever going to take advantage of these small things ever again. Like, this is just such a strange feeling. Uh, knowing that we, we, you know, we might not be doing any of those things for a while. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I just miss even just going to the grocery store to get ice cream when I run out of ice cream at the house and just being able to do like convenience shopping. You're right, it is just those little things. I've got a tip for you though. Do you guys have the movie theater salt in your house? Oh, I do. Actually, my mother-in-law got it for me for Christmas. I haven't used it yet. <laughs> okay, so if you are going to the movies just for movie theater popcorn, that is the key. It's all about the salt. If you got coconut oil, that helps, but the salt is the key. So if you've got that, it'll help you feel like you're in the movie theater even while you're stuck at home. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we did make popcorn last night, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> well, well, and so that's a little bit about who you are, but I'm also curious about your work. You do some really important work in our community. You, you work for the United Way. So first of all, how did you end up working for the United Way? Uh, it's actually a strange story. So personally, I knew of United Way. People have heard of it. It's a global brand. What I didn't realize is that there's United Way offices across the globe. And, and I think about 72 in Canada. So I had actually been working for Parkinson Association and Parkinson Association of Alberta just happened to receive funding from United Way Alberta Northwest. So that is the United Way located in Grand Prairie. Um, but we cover about 19% of Alberta, like all the way up to La Crete, over to Slave Lake, um, Grand Cache, Fair, or Fox Creek there. So um, the area is quite large. But I didn't realize that that was a thing. I, you know, I think a lot of people associate United Way with... Um, third world war countries, people giving, and then the money not staying in the community and going out. And it's actually what I thought too. So once I came on with Parkinson Association of Alberta, I learned a little bit about United Way. Um, and at the time, a good friend of mine, uh, Jasmine Gravette, had been the executive director for United Way. And I have a marketing and communications background. So she actually hired me on at United Way to be their marketing and communications manager. So I did that and I was working there and uh, I think I'd been there for about three weeks and Jasmine said, hey, I got offered a different job and I'm leaving. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I, <laughs> what? And she says, I really think you should apply to be an executive director. And I was like, no way. Like, I have no EG experience. All my previous. That's experience. quite the succession planning <laughs> crash course. Uh, guys, yeah. Guys you know, it 
this is nonprofit life. Like there is so much turnover and so much opportunity and so much burnout. And it just, it, they change people in the nonprofit sector and the social service sector. Like it changes so frequently. Um, and it's just the norm. Right. But, uh, yeah, I said, what do you think that's the norm? What's it about the nonprofit sector that creates that churn? Uh, I think you, at least for me, you come into an organization and you do your best to have the largest impact you can possibly have on your community through whatever resources you may have for that organization. And then once you've kind of succeeded in that, or in some cases maybe failed in that, you feel like it's time to move on and let someone else come in. And sometimes you're moving on to another organization who may have seen something in you that they thought they could use. It's not necessarily a bad thing to move. I think it's good to have fresh people, not only in the organization, but also on the boards. It really gives like a new perspective to to nonprofits. And yeah, I really just, I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. Um, obviously, if you have a lot of turnover in one year, that's not necessarily good. But, you know, every four or five years, you can get a new, like, set of board members, maybe even a new executive director. Um, it really brings a fresh set of eyes. Yeah, you definitely don't work in the nonprofit sector just to get a paycheck. There's, frankly, you can go and get a bigger paycheck elsewhere. There's always other reasons that you're working there. And it really is one of those things that I think you give what you can and you put what you were brought to that organization to put into it. And then sometimes when that happens, you end up going somewhere else so that you can invest that time, that heart, that passion, that creativity, whatever it is. So you go when, you go when it's needed elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just the thing, right? You know, frontline workers, I guarantee you probably burn out faster than someone like me that sits behind a desk, you know, 70% of the time. But then a big part of me really misses the frontline work. So it's, you know, even though we're kind of in this situation right now, it's, it's really nice that I'm able to like pick up the phone and talk to people right now and, and help them the best uh, that we can. So yeah, well, it, so you're doing some interesting stuff right now, and maybe you're getting a little bit more front lines than you usually are in terms of United Way in our region, and I think United Ways across the world are setting up these COVID response funds. What's going on with that here in Grand Prairie? Oh, yeah. So this kind of started uh, in Ottawa. Um, so the very beginning of last week, we kind of just launched this community response fund, which so far we've had such a great um, response to it. We've had people donate. We've had volunteers like raising their hands left, right, and center. Um, so far, we've been able to help everyone that's been sent our way. We haven't turned anyone away as of yet, um, which is really good. But So, and th- what are you doing for those people? Uh, so, this is kind of, a, I'd say like a two to three tier um, project. But as of right now, um, we're helping like the vulnerable populations that are greatest risk so like your elderly your indigenous populations um those experiencing mental health and addiction issues people with disabilities people experiencing homelessness um, newcomers to canada anybody who really for one of two reasons they either don't have the funds to purchase any groceries right now or and or they are isolating themselves because they're vulnerable they might be immune compromised they might be a senior um, or they might be sick or someone in their family might be sick so again we're also either 
purchasing those groceries with this fund and delivering them, or some of these individuals actually have the means to purchase them themselves. They just need someone to deliver. So we kind of have this like incredible lineup of volunteers right now um, that have stepped up. And we literally just sent out an email like this and this person needs help. And they're like, yeah, got it. Got you. We're heading there going now. So it's, it's crazy. It's such a good, it's a good response. We've been really lucky so far. And um, the co-op uh, Trader Ridge and downtown um, have also been helping us with this, helping us pick groceries. Um, and so we can kind of alleviate some of that contact with volunteers going in stores as well. Just really trying to flatten the curve, as they say. I, I absolutely love that. I know that there's a lot of us and maybe most of the people listening to this have friends or relatives or neighbors who can help us out if we end up in this self-isolation that the province is asking us to do. But there's always people in your community that don't have those networks. And I absolutely love just this idea of helping make sure that everybody's connect these these networks. And I love what you guys are doing because Grand Prairie is a generous place where people are willing to help, but they often just don't know how. And I love this just connecting the people that are excited to be good neighbors with the people who need good neighbors. Yeah, and honestly, we're not the only ones doing this. You know, this is a pretty big collaboration with like the city of Grand Prairie, the county of Grand Prairie, um, GPREP as well, which is Grand Prairie Regional Emergency Partnership. We're all of us once a week are getting on a call um, and we're saying, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And we're making sure there's no overlap of services. We're making sure we're connecting people with the right people. Um, part of this as well is somebody had said to me, well, Jamie, what about those children who go to school and that's where they get two out of three of their meals a day? Yeah. Um, so then part of the initiative was to reach out to the superintendents for the public school district, the Catholic school district, as well as Peace Wapiti school district to say, Hey, like, like, what are you doing here? And they do get funding from our United way as well. So we've given them permission to use that funding um, the best way that they know possible. The schools aren't open right now, but they have some funding left over either from us or the province or the city. Um, so I do know that the Grand Prairie Public School District and Grand Prairie Catholic School District are actively working on this right now. Um, the Catholic School District is providing all bagged lunches for the Rotary House as well as the community kitchen. Um, they are also going, having, they have liaisons in each school um, and they're identifying families who they know use the snack and lunch programs often. And then asking them if they need anything and creating these packages uh, where food is delivered from Cisco and delivering these doorsteps to these families once a week. That's um, awesome. I had a yeah. I had a conversation with a teacher at my son's school earlier this earlier this week where I had to go pick up some materials and from twelve feet away we had a good conversation. But you could see the worry in her face about the students that she that she sent home, just knowing that a lot of those students don't have either good homes to go to or else they've got great homes that don't have the resources they need to properly care for those kids. And just the look of relief in her face that I saw when she started talking about knowing that her kids were going to continue to get fed was was huge. I'm glad that there's organizations like the United Way and the school boards and their partners stepping up to make sure that these kids still have food and the basics of life as they're getting through the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's I see this question quite often, so it's really nice. I know that they're doing something about it, so hopefully the word gets out and 
that's one thing that we can kind of check off our list with things that people are worried about. And it's actually really interesting when you are kind of just skimming through Facebook and people you'll notice, at least I noticed that people are actually asking a lot more questions. Like, what are we doing about this people? What are we doing about these people? As opposed to spreading negativity, complaining. Um, so it's kind of like this weird dynamic on Facebook. I really feel like Grand Prairie and area specifically, um, through any form of crisis, we kind of take a stand to like make sure that no one is left behind and then everyone is taken care of. And, you know, we rally together for the safety of our families, our loved ones, our neighbors. And it's just, it's so nice to see. And I'm not surprised one little bit. Like I said, being born and raised here, seeing this type of reaction from people is expected of our town. I just, yeah, it's really nice. Totally. I know that I've, I know that there's going to be some positives that come out of this whole pandemic thing we're facing right now, where it's definitely going to cause challenges. I sure wish it wasn't happening, but there are some good things that will come out of it. And I think one of the good things we're really going to see is hopefully communities banding together and coming together and make sure that everybody's connected to their neighbors and everybody has a support they support they need. And I, I think that community spirit could be a big thing that we see on the other end of this. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I think the other day I made a post about it saying that a lot of things are going to come from this and some of them are going to be good. So I agree with you 100%, Dylan. Well, and I think that we've got a community of people that care, but once again, often they just don't know where to funnel that care and they don't know how to help out. And I think that's where organizations like the United Way become so important because you get to be the you get to be either the voice or the rallier or the organizer of the community to help them get their well intentions, get their resources, get their time, get their money to the people who need it the most. So if people want to support what you're doing, if they want to be part of this community response fund, how can they do that? So there's two ways right now we're seeking support. One being volunteers, actually three ways, sorry. One being volunteers, um, the other being just sharing, just sharing uh, the link on Facebook, the fundraising link. Um, you can find that if you go to our Facebook page just by searching United Way Alberta Northwest. Um, you can also visit our website, unitedwayabnw.org. Uh, read up a little bit on the COVID-19 and what we're doing and, and or donate as well. Great. Well, I'll make sure I put those links up wherever I'm posting this podcast and sharing those links is a big way for people to help. But in terms of people volunteering, I'm assuming you're only looking for people that are healthy and have had no symptoms for 10 days plus. But other than somebody being just a healthy person, what else do they need to volunteer? What kind of volunteers are you looking for? Obviously, it's a bonus if they already have their criminal record and vulnerable sector check. That's a big piece for us right now because these groceries are being delivered to some people, seniors, um, vulnerable people that live alone. Um, so we have been working with the RCMP. We do have the letter ready to go and they're doing these crimp checks like day of super quick turnover. Um, and then the fee is waived obviously, but those are some things we're asking of people as well as signing a confidentiality agreement. We ask any volunteer that volunteers for any form of United Way events or things like this to sign that, um, just protect some of the clients. Great. And then last question I've got for you is if somebody's on the other end of this and they're saying, hey, I'm stuck at home and I don't have anybody to help me get what I need to get, how can they access help from the United Way or from other organizations in town? 
So I know with us right now, we're asking that you use an agency for a referral. So if you're a senior, seniors outreach, um, if you live in the county, the county FCSS, just because the fund itself isn't that big just as of yet, um, we can't handle an influx of requests. But I do know that GPREP as well has a phone number that you can call um, should you have um, a need for any of these items. I actually don't have the phone number in front of me, Dylan, but maybe that's something else you can post on the podcast as well. Sure, I'm happy um, to do that. Yeah, but you know, if you are somebody who's looking at, to access some of these funds, um, definitely uh, prefer if you were to go through an agency like Seniors Outreach, Spinal Cord Injury, uh, County FCSS, because we just don't have the staff um, to do the intake itself. We literally just get sent the request and we you know, shoot everything off to co-op. Well, you're running lean, and I think that's a good thing that lets more of these resources get to the people that need them. Well, hey, Jamie, thank you so much for what you're doing for the community, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I know you're really busy right now, both as a mom slash teacher and as a person that's doing important professional work in our community. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was your first podcast interview, so... You were my first podcast interview, and man, it was nerve-wracking, but hey, we got through it, Jamie. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Episode one is in the bag. And holy smokes, the podcast is a bit more nerve-wracking and complicated than I thought, so I sure hope you enjoyed it. For my next episode, I'll be talking to Dalen Landis. Dalen is a founder, owner, brewer, and cool guy in the back at Grain Bin Brewery. We'll be talking beer, business, and creativity. I hope you'll tune in. And if you know of an interesting person I should chat with, please let me know. Thanks again for listening to my conversations with folks at GP.